you take that orchestra down? Yes, sir. Well, you were asking about uh, what the acreage or square miles of uh, state par- of, of national parks were. I went and looked up all of the national monuments, which includes the national parks, et cetera, mm-hmm. and it's almost 35% of the country. You're uh, fully retired now, right, John? Yes, I am. Okay. I, well, it's not I, the record show. But I but I'm still but I'm still here, aren't I? I, I can do a lot. Thirty-five percent. No, I don't buy that. Well, that's that's why I'm I, and and all this math is done to the one tenth of a million, um, which means that there are the national monuments is eight hundred and forty-two point six million acres. There's 640 acres per square mile. Right. Do that math, and you end up with uh, 1,316,562 square miles in the national monuments. Right. There are 3,718,900 square miles in the country. Yep. And so the National Monuments makes up 35%. The 1.3 is 35% of the 3.7. Now, another another deal said that 2.9 million square miles of the country is unpopulated. So we got space. We got a lot of space. Thank you, sir, for that work. You bet. Yeah, bye. I don't think you've done that in 2017, have you? I turned off my mic and left the caller live. (laughs) Yes. I don't normally do that. You have not done that yet in 2017. Big Supreme Court case tomorrow, and I will be anxious to read the result because I love reading their decisions. You're aware of the baker in Colorado who refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Very familiar. I think he'll lose his case, but I think the two guys who inconvenienced him or words I can't say. Okay. Uh, It was a great George Will column on this over the weekend. Uh, I I just feel terrible for the baker. Uh, His name is Phillips. On Tuesday, the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear 60 minutes of speech about when, if at all, making a cake counts as constitutionally protected speech, and if so, what the implications are for the Colorado Civil Rights Commission's contention that Jack Phillips violated the state's law against sexual orientation discrimination. Okay, this baker's 61 years old. Yep. He's a devout Christian. He's got an outfit called Masterpiece Cake Shop in Lakewood, Colorado. And two guys came in, uh, Charlie Craig and David Mullins, and they wanted a cake to celebrate their wedding. Okay. And Philip said he'll gladly make cakes for gay people for birthdays and, and what have you. But his convictions hold that he he didn't want to make a cake for them uh, for their wedding, which was going to be held in a different state because uh, Colorado had yet to approve same-sex marriages. Okay. And so... Uh, he on religious grounds he refused to make the cake, and of course these guys uh, made a case of it. You know he, yeah. they weren't inconvenienced. Right, they could have gone to the next bakery and right, which kind someone of someone would have taken little, their money. Gives you a little, uh, uh, they're tipping their hand a little bit there. So basically, because they 
the deep thought I had about this is that and and Phillips probably will lose his case when you open your doors to the public, you have to serve the public. And and despite his religion, I mean, you can pit this as when do my religious convictions trump public policy? And maybe we'll learn more about that in the uh, in the writings of the Supreme Court. Uh, when they uh, when they at last rule on this, but uh, the idea that uh, these two, the deep thought I had was these two guys were, were just not that they weren't guys. They weren't guys. They believed that the assertion of their rights trumped any respect whatsoever they could have just as easily had for this baker. Mm-hmm. Right? They 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 were so vehement. In in exercising what they believe to be their rights, they didn't give a hoot about the baker who just as vehemently apparently uh, uh, holds dear to his heart his religious convictions. Right. You don't have to like his religious convictions. You don't have to buy into it, but they're his. Right. And these two words I can't say. Sure. They just trampled all over it. They didn't care about this guy. So my question is, in the assertion of your rights, uh, where where do you where do you lose any compassion at all for the human condition? It, forcing this guy into court isn't going to change any laws. They could have gone to any number of bakeries and had their cake made. Right. 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 In fact, I remember when the story came out, I would have been one of the bakers that said, I would have taken their money. Give me your money. I would have taken their money. Give me your money. But okay. So he had his religious convictions, and they were up to prove a point. He also, by the way, he doesn't make Halloween cakes. I mean, he's got some some deep, and he considers himself an artisan, a cake artist. And uh, And he loved making wedding cakes. He no longer does. So these two guys who who I would call words I can't say, they they he had uh, he's down to four employees and he doesn't make wedding cakes anymore because he had to let I suppose he had to let uh, people go uh, because he just didn't have the uh, physical need for that many employees as long as he wasn't making uh, as long as he wasn't making uh, wedding cakes, uh, but the the two words I can't say, you know they essentially. Turned the government loose on this one shop proprietor, this baker. Mm-hmm. They turned the weight of the government loose on this guy because they wanted to assert their rights when they could just as he and he's going to lose. I'm not saying he's going to win or lose the case. The the baker's going to probably lose the case. When these two guys could just as easily have gone to any of fifty other bakeries within a ten mile square radius and got their bleeping cake. So why, so why do you take this guy apart? Because you have allowed your rights to trump any sense of your responsibility to any normal human interaction. The, Phillips mm. had no, uh, expressed no animosity to these two guys. Uh, he was not unkind to them. Uh, he, said, hey, he, he merely said, fellas, it's just my deal. I just don't make cakes for same-sex couples. I don't make Halloween cakes. I'll be glad to make a cake for you for the 4th of July or Labor Day or whatever, you know, whatever other reason you dream up to have me bake you a cake, but I just don't do wedding cakes. Man, and I would Why go... Why in the hell didn't they go down the street? I, I was just going to say, uh, every gay or lesbian person that I know of and familiar with 
would have done just that. They might have said, well, screw you. We're going to go to Johnny's Cakes. And you, they don't, you don't want our $200? We'll take it somewhere See else. See you later. Good luck to you, pal. <laughs> and may have disagreed with them. Uh, and not these two turds. This is, they're not helping <clears throat> anything. No. They, uh, they have effectively uh, uh, used th- th- their rights to trump any respect that they might have exhibited towards a fellow human being. And, and yet they're the ones who want respect and inclusiveness. And what, and what How about th- that one? They're the ones who demand respect and inclusiveness. What respect did they have for the baker? Well, that's, that's exactly. None. Not zero. And, and what, what do you think, that, what is your prediction on the government? What are they going to come down with, the Supreme Court? I think they'll rule. Uh, I think in they'll rule of, in favor of the two, uh, the couple who's getting who got married. Okay, but what you just explained, common sense. These guys didn't have common sense. These guys were flaunting their rights. Okay, with but no sense of anything else except but, their rights. So when, but when we break it down, this you think the Supreme Court is going to say you you have included in the Constitution the right to have a cake made for you even if you uh, have a different type of orientation. Well, uh, uh, it's interesting. It's a free speech case, but a cake is food. So I, I don't know how the... I just predict the Supreme Court's going to rule uh, in favor of the uh, the married couple. Uh, right. Well, let me find a quote from George Will who wrote about it excellently. Um, uh A cake can be a medium for creativity, hence, in some not-too-expansive sense, it can be food for thought. However, it certainly and primarily is food, and the creator's involvement with it ends when he sends it away to those who consume it. Phillips ought to lose this case, but Craig and Mullins, who sought his punishment, have behaved abominably. In other words, the the Supreme Court might very well say, look, uh, Mr. Baker, Mr. Phillips, you had nothing to do with the marriage, or uh, all you did is deliver a product that had nothing to do with you consuming it. Uh, it had nothing to do with you, except uh, you were hired to make it. What happened after that uh, really had no bearing on your, uh, I would imagine that's what they'll say. They had no bearing on your religious holdings. And so these two words I can't say, stronger than turd, uh, they they win they win but they they uh, they weren't guys were they no they weren't they weren't at all do we have a defense fund for I'm I'm sure this baker or? well I I I I don't know I have no idea wow but he's accused of violating the state law against sexual orientation discrimination so that's what the Supreme Court will be ruling on uh, just a moment all please right. just a moment. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Jeff, go ahead, please. Joe, hey, uh, I got a question for you. All right. What if the shoe were on the other foot here? What if you had a print shop that was owned by a couple of homosexuals? And those clowns from the Westboro Baptist Church came in mm-hmm. and wanted you to print up all of their flyers and everything. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that shop have a right to say, no, we're not going to do that, take a hike, yes. being a private business? Well, I, 
it's it's the right that would have to be determined, but we certainly wouldn't blame them for turning them down. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right, thank you. Okay. Can't wait to read the Supreme Court decision. Maybe I'll be proven when wrong. When does it come out tomorrow? Maybe George will, will will be proven wrong. No, they hear the case tomorrow. Oh, okay. God only knows when they'll write about it. Mike? Hello, Mayor. Hi. I would argue that these two knuckleheads knew exactly what they were doing and did it to try and create an issue. Well, they certainly succeeded. Exactly. And unfortunately, you, and you ask, when does somebody's religious rights trump someone's individual rights? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking if uh, the shop owner was a, a Hindu, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Not a Christian. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an Good. interesting case to read about. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck in this world. Yes. Well, here, we got a Scottish reverend. What's he doing? Is experiencing backlash after urging his congregants to pray for four-year-old Prince George to be gay. Yep. Oh, really? Did you read this, Reeves? Is Reeves in there? He is. He was just answering phone calls, believe it or not. Uh, the very Reverend Kelvin Holdsworth, okay. mm-hmm. a senior member of the Scottish Episcopal Church and an avid LGBTQAAPPIIQQRMNOB uh, advocate, said that Christians who support same-sex marriage need to pray for Prince George to be gay so that one day the Church of England will have to recognize same-sex unions. <sighs> no. The Reverend's words, entitled How to Change the Church of England, resurfaced after Prince Harry and American actress Meghan Markle, who has the Markle Sparkle, (laughs) announced their engagement last week. He said the churchgoers need to pray in the privacy of their hearts for the Lord to bless Prince George with a love when he grows up of a fine young gentleman. Jeez. All right. Uh, Holdsworth's theory is that if the toddler is gay... (laughs) Then the Church of England will have to acknowledge him and change its stance. Marriage among same-sex couples has been legal in England since 2015, but is not allowed within the royal family's church. Ah, What is this knucklehead care? It's a small group. A royal wedding might sort things out remarkably easily, the priest said, though we might have to wait 25 years for that to happen. Who knows whether that might be sooner than things might work out by other means. Prince George, you know how I love the Royals. Oh, the Royals are fun to watch. It's theater, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I enjoy them too. Although we have our own theater taking place. Right? Prince George is currently third in line for the British throne behind his grandfather, Prince Charles, and his father, Prince William. Hmm. He's the third guy that could become number three, right? Boom, number three to become. King. I don't think it's in the spirit of prayers to be praying whether someone is straight or gay. I think that's. I think you just kind of. It's not. It's kind of like praying to win the lottery, isn't it? Well, not supposed. To. Tom Gallagher said he would come back from his grave to haunt me if I was praying for a lottery win. You so don't. I, I you don't. You don't do that. I don't think you can waste a prayer on a lottery. Well, win. you're either going to win or you're not. Right. I think you can hope, but you know you don't really say every ticket you buy. You got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I look at it. And if you run the risk of if you are praying, and instead of praying for uh, 
know, someone with cancer or someone to be healed. World and peace. And you're using it up on a lottery win. That's really, I think that's bad that's karma. Bad. You know what on that the is? Other, that's bad voodoo. On the other end, that's not a good thing. That adds to time. the checklist. Right, right. And you actually use it for prayer for lottery? Right. And God would know, too. So, you know, in April. When it was up to four hundred million, <laughs> instead of the the guy you know losing his limb, you, you wish know, would, do you see them checking a big ledger? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and and when it opens, it's 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 long and there's, what color? What color is the leather cover of the it's, ledger? It's like a brown, uh, a brown like or a mahogany. Yeah, I'm seeing reddish, reddish brown. Reddish. Yes, okay, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm seeing I can reddish see it right brown. now. Huge ledger, and because my mom is a calligrapher, yeah, it's all fancy. The oh, names yeah. are perfectly but it, but penned. The, but the, whoever who's manning it. Uh, I see someone in a white robe, or yeah. or the friar tuck, a big thing in the sky, right? Right, and he's and he's doing this, the, the, yeah, licking the point of the pencil. Or they can put the quill in the ink. I see, Mr. Mikulski, that on uh, July tenth, twenty eighteen, and he, you uh, you uh, uh, beseech the Lord to help you win a four hundred million dollar jackpot yes. in the uh, in the lottery. And those are points against you. And even in heaven. He's got to put his cheaters on when he looks down at the ledgers because he has to go like this to you. He has to look to the ledger and, and then, then just to look up glance past the cheaters say, to this, see this you. Is, I see in April yeah, what happened right. here, dummy. All right, we're going to be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and your money now. You know, one time I prayed to God uh, for me to win the pick three on the lotto. Yeah, how'd it work out? Well, he answered my prayer, actually. Yeah. I, I begged, for, I prayed one night to win the lottery, and yeah. he, he came to me in a vision. He said, you will win. Yeah. I did not win, so I prayed again the next night. I said, what happened? He said, you didn't box it. <laughs> <laughs> you live, you learn, I guess. I guess so. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy at 57 degrees. Timberwolves beat the Clippers last night, 112 to 106. Right back at it tonight as they travel to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. Was that a live version of that song? Uh, I'm not sure. It was off the old. I went back to the old mini disc, mixing it up today. Nice. So I'm not sure where we got I the love recording. That song. Vikings now 10-2 and two on the season after beating Atlanta yesterday. They're still on the road this Sunday where they will play in Carolina. An Iowa radio station has fired two employees after they made racist comments about high school basketball players that aired on a school website. I'd love to know what the comments were. I hope you have them. I do. Because the word doesn't mean anything anymore. A female producer and Orrin Harris, the longtime voice of Forest City Athletics, made the comments during a game between Forest City High School and Eagle Grove High School. Harris said while listing names of players he thought were Hispanic, they have a lot of Espanol people in Eagle Grove. They're all foreigners. Harrison, the producer, said, as Trump would say, go back where they came from. Well, see, they didn't need that part. Yeah, the last line probably is what did them. They in were all right thing. until that. Was yeah. the was everything else said by one person, John, or was that just that the was communication two. Was the back producer and forth? And the, uh, the, no. uh, well, you're, you're, you're the an idiot. Play. KIOWFM announced the firing of Harris and the producer today after viewers complained and posted the footage from Facebook. Station said those comments were deplorable and the staff and management of KIOW in no way condones or supports those comments. Eagle Grove Superintendent Jess Tolliver said in a statement he, uh, he was issued an apology uh, the night of the game, actually. He said it's a teaching point. How do we make people aware of all the good things? News notes from today, the Oakdale Utility Superintendent expects a water main break that caused that giant washout to be repaired by Friday. 
When a stretch of Interstate 694, though, closed as a result of the damage reopened, still remains to be determined. Sean Nelson said about 10 people still are without power, uh, water, excuse me, water service as a result of the break. That break occurred yesterday morning. He said about half the community at one point was impacted, but adequate water pressure was restored to almost everyone within five hours. The 10 people remaining without service have been supplied with water, Nelson said at a news conference early this afternoon. That water main was put in back in 1964, but he says it appears age was not a factor in what he said is more accurately described as a washout than a sinkhole. He said about 1.5 to 2 million gallons of water were lost. A washout has closed five miles of 694 from Interstate 94 in Woodbury to Highway 36 in Oakdale until further notice. Minnesota Department of Transportation spokesman Kevin Gutnick said the goal is to reopen the road as soon as possible. The problem, though, it's difficult to do a lot of work on the road until the actual water main itself is repaired. He did add that Mindout officials are working with the city to see what work can begin immediately. Oakdale Police spokesperson Michelle Stark said drivers should be prepared to find alternate routes for at least the rest of this week. MnDOT has requested motorists use the following detours. Northbound traffic detour heading west on 94, then north to 35E. And southbound traffic, they said, should take Highway 36 west to 35E and then south to 94. There's a change in command at the 148th Fighter Wing in Duluth. Colonel Christopher Blomquist assumed command of the 148th during a ceremony in Duluth yesterday. Blomquist stressed the importance of open communication, said anything less allows things to get worse. He assumes leadership role from now Brigadier General John Safstrom. Blomquist joined the local Air National Guard while he was a student at the University of Wisconsin-Superior. He did go on to become a Top Gun pilot. Three bodies of people believed to be from North Korea were covered in northern Japan on Monday, two days after authorities found a dilapidated empty boat, according to Coast Guard officials there. Coast Guard said a Japanese fishing boat picked up a male body floating off the coast of Sakata in Yamagata Prefecture, and two more bodies washed up on a nearby beach an hour and a half later. Officials are investigating if the bodies were from a severely damaged boat that washed ashore on Saturday. Winds and water currents do push dozens of boats onto Japan's northern coast each year. Rickety North Korean fishing boats are particularly vulnerable because they lack the sturdiness and equipment to go back home. The alarming pace, though, according to Japanese authorities, has picked up recently. 28 of these vessels, dubbed ghost ships, were detected in November. That's up from just four in November of last year. Usually only the boats or fragments wash ashore. It's very rare for survivors to be rescued and brought ashore by the Japanese. Seven people are being treated for carbon monoxide poisoning on the Iron Range, and first responders are being evacuated for possible CO exposure. WDIO reporting the Virginia Fire Department was dispatched around 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday to a home on the 1200 block of 19th Street South. Ambulance crews from Virginia, Eveleth, and Bowabic had been at the scene. According to the Virginia officials, seven people from the residence were transported to a local hospital for treatment. Also, two Virginia firefighters, two Virginia police officers, and a deputy from St. Louis County evaluated for possible CO exposure. A project that spawned a term here in Garage Logic has now been killed. The plan to build scores of offshore, uh, offshore electricity generating windmills within eyesight of the Kennedy compound and numerous other properties in one of America's wealthiest and most scenic areas is officially now dead in the Ooh, water. No, we want that. We just don't want to see it ourselves. Right. Not in my backyard. <laughs> Not in my house. Cape, I might be baking a clam. The Cape Wind Project, which envisioned 130 turbines to be built off the Massachusetts coast, would have been the first U.S. offshore wind farm. 
It would have also, though, spoiled the view from the Kennedy family's estate. <laughs> Thus the term windmilling. Mm-hmm. That's where it began. And that of their billionaire neighbor, William Koch, owner of the nearby 26-acre estate. Beside their opposition, Energy Management, Inc., which led the project, had to battle fishermen and tourism-related businesses. Koch and Kennedy are strange bedfellows, aren't they? I would think so, yes. But after 16 years of fighting with the help of environmentalists for the project and scoring numerous legal battles along the way, Energy Management threw in the towel last Friday. Boy, the Kennedys must have fought that with tooth and nail. (laughs) Well, and maybe Koch did, too, but Koch didn't. Uh, uh, brand himself right. as an alternative right. energy champion <laughs> like the Kennedys did, those hypocrites. Windmilling, that's windmilling. Windmilling, yes. Billy Bush, the former Access Hollywood host, has responded to recent reports that President Trump has questioned the authenticity of that video in which he can be heard <sighs> bragging about grabbing uh, women by body parts. No, it's him. He said the president was indulging in revisionist history. Bush said that seven people, in addition to him, heard Trump make the comments. In a commentary for the New York Times yesterday, Bush said he was disturbed by reports from the past week that Trump has told allies and at least Republican, uh, one Republican senator he may not be the voice on that 2005 Access Hollywood tape. Bush wrote, he said it, he said grab them by the bleep. He made that remark on the Access Hollywood bus yes. when I was on it. Last week, the Times and Post reported... Did he mean some aspect of the swimsuit area? Uh, yeah. All right. So, yeah. You, you, you know what he said, I think right? so. I think yeah. so. How can you not know what he said? Well, I don't yeah. listen to Hollywood action. Well, I know, but this video this was, was everywhere. That's story, true. The story true. was, yeah. Got a big dirty election. In fact, you may remember, even though now uh, he's trying to say perhaps he didn't, he actually has already apologized for saying that stuff. He did that during the election. Right, so he can hardly deny it now. He said, I was wrong. Fake and I ap- news. <laughs> I apologize. Was his apology fake news? Uh, <laughs> no, but it made the news. Hmm. Uh, last week... Uh, the Times and Post reported that Trump was raising doubt about the recording's authenticity. It said the tape may have been doctored <laughs> or faked. Come on. Uh, yes, yeah, suggested. Come on, Don. But the problem is there are people that are going to believe it. Yeah. Well, well what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Complain about it on your show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Anastasia Rushatova, a former Miss Russia contestant, probably wasn't expecting anyone to pay attention to her feet. In a recent bikini photo, Uh-oh. but that's exactly what a few of her less than friendly Instagram followers decided to focus on. She got the big uh, flappers, does she? She does. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it, it would be hard to notice, though. Who cares? Uh, exactly. What difference does it make? Because troll- people are weird. Man, are they ever. The trolling began after Russia Tova, <clears throat> the first runner-up in the 2014 Miss Russia pageant, posted a picture of herself in an orange bikini a few months back. When the hell looked at her feet? Well, a couple of mean-spirited commentators were quick to criticize her feet, calling them flippers and even <laughs> joking about her shoe-shopping habits. On the flip side, several of her followers defended the statuesque model, describing her feet as beautiful and reasoning that as a tall model, of course. Well, she's a big gal, isn't she? Yeah, tall. She's, yeah. Six, she's six feet tall. Well, you get to big feet, then you got to hold all that up. 21-year-old Rasha Tova has reportedly been subjected to similar comments in subsequent photos Although it appears that the haters have not deterred her from showing off is, her uh, feet. Is that her, Rook? Sharing, sharing beachy photos. I can't see her feet. <laughs> wow. She's a very attractive gal. She's very attractive, yeah. yes. Uh, nearly Look at six those foot feet. tall, as I said. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the feet there, brah? I don't really, it doesn't bother me what size feet she has. It just doesn't occur to me that I'd have to go on Snapchat. She right. all- do you like a nice pair of feet, Joe? I don't mind a good pair of feet. She also has a good sense of humor because uh, she's tweeted a couple pictures recently related to this, including a very funny one 
uh, where she's swimming underwater, where she has large flippers on her feet. That's mm-hmm. funny. Good for her. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's she's a, she needs to eat something, though. Let's get some Russian pierogies or something for her to eat. Is she looking a little skinny? <laughs> too skinny. She's right. too skinny. Here comes the weather, man. Yep. Yeah, back up to 57, Joe. We're at 57 right now. That is the new record for the day. Uh, rain and snow, though, developing later on tonight. I think the snow changeover is going to occur sometime after about 8 p.m. We've got some light rain and s- sprinkles over us right now. It's going to turn to a little bit steadier rain, I think, after the dinner hour. And then after about 8 to 8.30, we'll see that change over to snow. One to three inches possible here in the Twin Cities. I think the heaviest amounts north and east, the lightest amounts to the south and west. And then you go out western Minnesota, they're going to get 8 to uh, as much as 12 inches up in the northeast or northwestern corner of Minnesota, up around Roseau, and also in the northeastern part of our state, um, up there in the Arrowhead, they could pick up somewhere between about 6 and 8 inches of snow there. For us here in the metro, though, again, most of us getting 1 to 2, possibly 3 inches if you get to the northeast side from, say, the Forest Lake area northward toward Osceola, Wisconsin. They could be in that 3-inch range. 20 for the overnight low tonight, so temps steadily dropping throughout the night. Northwest winds at 15 to 30 will create wind chills of around 5 above to 5 below. Tomorrow, snow showers, windy and cold. Again, 5 above to 5 below wind chills. 20 for the morning temp, and that's going to be the high for the day. Steady or slowly falling temps after that. Northwesterly at 15 to 25. On Wednesday, partly cloudy skies, still cold, though. A high of only 20. 20 Thursday, some more light snow develops late, and that's going to linger into Friday as well. Uh, It looks like more of a nuisance-type snowfall, just enough to mess up the roads again. And then low 20s for highs all the way through the weekend. Some more light snow on the way for Sunday. Tonight, Joe, that rain changeover has sometime after 8 p.m. tonight to snow, and then uh, temperatures falling after that. Our current temp is 57. I have the records for the day. December 4. The old record was 56, Joe. It's back in 1941. 1941. And now the new record, obviously, is 57. The uh, record low is 15 below. 15 below. In 1886. In 1886. Boy, those pioneers were snuggled up, weren't they? They were tough. Yeah, they were tough. All right, thank Thank you. You're aware that the fruitcake shot off another missile last week from North Korea? Yeah, very, uh, very nervous for the world. The crew of a Cathay Pacific flight from San Francisco to Hong Kong Mm -hmm. saw the uh, missile test last week. They saw it re-enter. I saw that. And uh, they weren't near it, but uh, they felt uh, that they should uh, inform other carriers and relevant authorities as uh, little Kim continues his war on the ocean. He's going to take out a fishing boat one of these days by accident. Now, what are the commies going to do? What are the commies going to do, though? In what sense? China and the, the Communist Party can't let they this. They don't appear to have much influence over them. They're, they're supposed to. I have a very serious uh, request for a ruling. What you got? From uh, David, dear Joe, mayor of Garage Logic and Flashlight King. Okay. That's enough kissing up. <clears throat> Over the last six years, did I just hear music under this? Yeah, I didn't have my phone off. Oh. <laughs> Are you sleep deprived? No. I just never get, I never get anything during the show. Must be being told something. Over the last six years, hmm? We have had multiple babies born to our group of friends. One of our best friends, Seth Carlson, a dedicated listener of your show and a fine, upstanding citizen of Garage Logic, has taken it upon himself to email your show with name rulings for our group of friends. Okay. 
Most of the names given to these tiny blessings have been above reproach and not worthy of taking time out of the show to even request a ruling. Proudly, my three kids, Nora, Eli, and Isaac, have fallen into this group. Okay. Those are all approved. Yeah, you don't have to call if they're approved names. Others have lived slightly more dangerously and gone with names such as Audra and Axel, A-K-S-E-L. That's uh, mm, that got the horn, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wonder where that thing is. There it is. If you're going to go Axel, you got to spell it right. You have to spell it right, especially if it's Axel. However, as of twelve forty-eight a.m. Mm-hmm. December four uh-huh. today, it has now come Seth's turn to face the proverbial firing <laughs> squad. And receive a ruling from the mayor of Garage Logic on the name chosen for his six pound fourteen ounce bundle of joy born to Seth and his wife Marla. Ah, congratulations. However, let me stop right here. Yeah. This letter is written with a certain uh <laughs> preordained outcome, isn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, the, I am uh, detecting that. The author, David uh, Janega, David seems to have a certainty about him that he uh he seems confident that Seth is about to be stung with the foghorn. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of almost playful. Like, hey, watch this. Watch what I do here. What you might, what you learned might surprise Ooh, you. Ooh, okay. I'll stick with it. What do you got? Uh, as always, know that the boy will grow up in a home that appreciates cylinders, flashlights, and knowing the location of the nearest knack hardware and lounge. Mm-hmm. The name, Soren, S-O-R-E-N. That is not Foghornable. What? That is not Foghornable. Didn't we have... Signed uh, a loyal listener with us. I know what you're going to say. Get out of my head. Wasn't he part of Slugrass? Slugrass. Mm-hmm. Thorne was the uh, the lead, uh, the dad. A loyal listener with a cylinder index of 24 and hoping for more Dave. Soren uh, is a Scandinavian given name, sometimes anglicized as Soren, S-O-R-E-N. The name is derived from that of the 4th century Christian saint Severin of Cologne, and ultimately derived from the Latin severus, meaning severe, strict, serious. Uh, there have been many Sorens throughout life, including currently a Danish footballer named Soren Björg. Mm. My point being that uh, for a letter for a letter written with, uh-huh. f- with such certainty, oh, he for sure turning the tables on his friend Seth. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get you, Seth. You That's... named that child of yours Soren. Soren is a perfectly legitimate male name. Especially when spelled conventionally. And it is spelled correctly. There, wasn't, there was no doodling no, or S O R E. You know, that would have got it. Mm-hmm. No Y N or something like that. Yes. How about the famous Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard? I, I, uh, I looked up Soren just sure. to be, you know, where I, why I initially looked it up, though? Because like you, I remembered Slugrass. Yeah. Slugrass. Was, was dad named Soren? Dad's name was Soren. God, yes. I wish they'd come back to the fair. I don't know why they haven't been. They They're were f- just marvelous. A good family a group of singers. Even grandma's playing the. Uh, she playing the cello. I don't remember what. I don't know. They had the whole. Uh, they had the whole deal. In yeah. There, you know. Uh, they were pretty good. <laughs> why they is were. Why is the director of social media finding that? He he's was, just giddy. The, he's just giddy. Yeah, the producer made a face. There's a there are fictional characters named Soren. Uh, there's a Soren in the Matrix Reloaded. Uh, there's a Soren in the uh, video game well, Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. When you see an eagle in the air, it's Soren. R- Chris, what have you been warned? What have you been warned? That's not. 
I yes, was trying is. to yes, add. No, you're not adding to the majestic no, quality you're, you're, of no, the, the most what? beautiful you know, bird in the he's, he's wrong though because you're it's wrong. That, that's Reavers. so ring. It's so ring, not so rin. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's your. You are forbidden from that. I was, and you've got to take that to heart. Legitimately, was not trying to make a pun, but you did. However, unintentionally. And you can't. You're not allowed. I know I'm not, but I wasn't trying to make a pun. Yeah, but you did anyway, because that's how sick your brain is. Dang it. <laughs> so warped and messed up you are. Yeah. So Soren is a given name. Uh, it's Danish, Norwegian, Scandinavian. Well, why did you feel the need to do so much re- research on to, it? Why, why well, did you? Uh, because I'm a mayor. I mean, your decision and, is. And we're fact-based. Let's, let's we're keep... fact-based. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to uh, corroborate my uh, my instinctive belief that it's a perfectly legitimate given name, and it is. So Seth, old Seth, did not have the tables turned on him, did he? Uh, no, exactly. All right, just a moment. What's that? Uh, that was an eagle soaring. Not like comma soaring. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Wait for the horns. You know who we have to touch base with this week? Who do we have to touch base Stephen with? Stephen C. Stephen C. Anderson. Oh! He's going to be kicking off his Christmas concerts, including a free one December 14 at the Cathedral in St. Paul. We had him on last year. He's magnificent. Yeah, I think it's... And a- he can fill that... Think of that. He fills that room the way he plays the piano. He's a he's a uh, Twin Cities treasure. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to him Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday. I'll uh, jot that down. Why don't you make a note there, Mister Top? I'll hat. probably end up throwing this sheet away, but I'm gonna <laughs> make. I noted it anyway. Right. Points awarded for that. Is uh, Patrick in the house? Yes. Patrick is in the house. He hasn't and even ready. come in and uh, disturbed you today, has he? Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 57 snow tonight.